January 11th, 2018. You're listening to the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast, Hyphenation. I'm your host, Kellen Conley. This episode is sponsored by Sheets Hot Chocolate. As always, by themarkrob.wordpress.com, better known as Mark Rob. And. Bye. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> so it hasn't been that long since we last talked because you're listening to episode 46 right now. I know the date in iTunes says last Friday. Don't care. <laughs> but I recorded that yesterday on the 10th. Um, my rule for that is as long as the next Friday hadn't passed, I'm going to say it came out the last Friday. So if somebody looks at the show, be like, oh, he does it weekly. Gotcha! <laughs> oh, where to begin, man? So last episode, we talked about the state. I gave you all the state of the podcast address where I kind of ran down some things I wanted to do in 2018 uh, for the show. And this episode... Is, is kind of going to be a little bit more introspective, so to speak, because I'm going to talk about a few things about myself that I want to work on, as well as a, a few intriguing topics. So I recently made a move at work. I'm still at the same job. I have not been terminated again. It's the episode 36. Um, I actually went across town. I worked at a branch that was called Pineview, and I got... I went over to the Westover branch to help out because um, they were down a down a uh, they're down a person, as we say. Uh, it was supposed to be for they thought it'd be a little longer term because it was supposed to be in relief of uh, another co- former coworker of ours now who just recently had a child. So it was supposed to be a, a temporary thing. Well, as you just heard, the coworker decided that she did not want to come back, uh, so she le- left the company. The person who I went to Westover replace wants to stay where she transferred to. So it was up to me whether or not I wanted to go back to Westover or back to Pineview. I have been at Pineview since August 12th, 2012, up until I quit a few days before my four-year anniversary in 2016. Went to, went to that godforsaken place for eight months was blessed enough to get my old job back. And then I was there for roughly about six months uh, back at Pineview. So I, I had done almost four and a half years at Pineview. Always said I would never go to the other branch. Uh, here's the thing, though. It, it's just a shorter drive. And if I got to get to Aaliyah, I can get to her quickly. If i just going home, it's easier. I can drive around the students because, as y'all know, despite our football program being trash, I live in Morgantown, home of West Virginia University. 
So it's easier to drive around the students without because before I I kind of had to get in the student traffic regardless. Now I either deal with a minimum a minimum amount of student traffic or I just take the interstate. So, so I had to take that take that splash. So your boy had a little movement. So I told y'all that story because in well not not in because my new new boss. She says that I'm very hard to read. And I've heard this before. But then another coworker of mine chimed in and said the same thing. That I was very hard to read. Which is fine, but I was like, damn, am I that hard am I that hard to I don't feel like I'm I'm hard to read, but but maybe maybe it's me. Cause let me explain something to y'all. Y'all hear y'all have heard me on 47 this is episode 47. 47 episodes of Hyphenation, plus anything else you heard, whether it be music or any other podcast I've been on. I like to have a good time. I'm a very laid back dude. Also like to crack wise a little bit. And in doing so, apparently I'm so dry that people don't know that I'm being serious or not. So, I mean, it's it's interesting, I guess. I, I mean... It's not a bad thing. Obviously, it's not affecting my work performance or my relationships as far as my my job goes. Like, when it comes to work, it's work. They know what is what. I know how to turn that on and off. And I credit a lot of that to uh, Jill. But I, I don't know. Like, I, like I, just, I just laugh and joke and I crack wise. I like saying crack wise. And... Sometimes they don't know whether I'm being serious or not. So, hyphenation, just like I asked y'all to weigh in on whether the episodes were too long, I need y'all to tell me if I'm hard to read. For all those of you out there who know me, and actually, I think I think Monster Lung, I think E would agree with this because I think he had some trouble trouble with it at first too. But considering our friendship started, I mean, we had met, of course, in person a few times, and we did the radio show when we first met. Almost 13 years ago. Despite all of that, like through emails and sometimes he would take me the wrong way. So I don't know. Am I hard to read? I don't know. I don't think so. But I mean, I guess that just comes with Tom and getting to know me. and So that's more their fault than mine. Is basically what I'm trying to say. Um... Speaking of music, uh, the co-workers at Westover know that I um, rap. They've known this. And we were all just, we were slow. We were all just hanging out, uh, shooting the breeze, talking about various things. And somebody mentioned that I rap. And, uh, and, and I've always been really weird about, especially since I've gotten into the field I'm in now, about people knowing about my music because before is like oh yeah i work in a shoe department but i'm just waiting for my big break uh so, uh waiting for somebody to find out how talented i am so i can get a record deal and go on from there i like that i didn't consider that my career even though i went back last year shout out to anthony and barry um Well, they decided they wanted to uh, 
Let's listen to some of your music. And I, I'm weird about it because it's like, I, it's not that I'm ashamed of my music. I think I've made good music. I've made a lot of terrible music too. But it's just, it's just like, do we, do we got to do this right now, guys? Because that, that just kind of puts me in a different light. And plus, I'm kind of in a supervisor position. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not hard to approach. I don't feel like that goes back to um, people have a hard time reading me, I guess. But I don't. I'm just, I just seem real shy about it, man. They're like, we're going to listen to your music. So naturally, I immediately left and went back to my office. This probably has something to do with why my music career never was my music career, so to speak. Even with, whenever I do new music, whenever I do new art, like not these podcasts, I, I, do, I don't put these out and... I'm afraid of, oh God, is somebody going to like it? Like I, I've gotten, I don't think I could have done this podcast when I was fully in music because um, I'm hypercritical of myself. And when I get something to a point where I think it's dope and I'm willing to let other people hear it, I'm so afraid of a negative response that I, I just, I, I just kind of, I don't, I don't know. It just makes me nervous, man. What if they hate me? I mean, obviously, it's not going... Hopefully, it don't change their opinion of me. But then, like, hey, we listen to Kellen's music. Yeah, that was trash, right? <laughs> you don't know how, how hard I worked. So they were listening to some joints off soon, you understand. They started to play World Without the Hyphen, uh, which is the album closer. And, and it... Of course, the theme of the album at that time was that I was quitting music because I was getting married, because this was recorded in 2012, 2013. I was getting married. I was going to be, I was going to fully commit myself to Angel and not be partial and give her partial time because I was trying to commit to music as well. So I was planning on hanging them up. That was the whole theme of the album. And pretty much, I've held to that promise, despite despite threats that I would come back. <laughs> and so they start playing World Without the Hyphen, and I'm like, no, not that one. Don't play that one. There's nothing wrong with the World Without the Hyphen. I love that song. But I was, it's just, it's the album closer. I mean, you're not, you're not going to get an accurate picture of who I am as a rapper. Um... By listening to that song. So they went to Better With Bacon. The response was... There really wasn't a response. Like, no, like nobody went out of their way to be like, oh man, that was really good. And then nobody went out of their way to be like, that was really shitty. <laughs> so I appreciate that too. Um, it just make it just makes me nervous, man. I put in so much time, especially on that album. Like I sat on that album for over a year before I actually released it on March fifth, twenty fourteen. Um, and and I don't know. Like I wish I had him maybe play fit jamming or or uh, no room for squares. Uh, 
one of those songs. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's just weird. It's like, I, I don't want them to know that side of me. But then again, if I had a show, if I decided I'm going to go down Pleasant Street and do a couple songs, I, I would want people to come. So, I don't know. Like, like with my, with my friend 66240, a local West Virginia hip-hop legend, lives in Cleveland now. When, whenever, like, when I've always envied him, and we, we have a really good relationship. And I've always told him I, I hated him because his rapping and his music always comes so naturally to him. I feel like I've worked... Pardon my French, goddamn hard. Shout out to Hope to get where I am right now, musically. Or even where I was then, because I haven't recorded a song. I re- last song I recorded was last year for my uh, birthday at ease. We uh, did a track, and that's never come out. And it comes so easy for him, and he, he's so gregarious, so to speak, and he, he carries persona of... You look at that dude, and he said, like, hey, what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm Lionel Jordan, and I'm a rapper. You totally believe that. People look at me, I'm like, I'm Kellen Conley, and I'm a rapper. They're like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, right. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying. These are things I've actually had encounters with, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm not just blowing smoke, I promise. Uh, and I've always just said to them, it just comes so easy to you, so hard for me, and I envy you for it. And I and I'm not one like that. I, I said once to E, uh, when I it wasn't that long after we met, I was like, Yo E, so can can we totally do like it, whenever we get to like my projects and stuff? This is really early on. Um, so like whenever we start really focusing on my stuff, can I just do... What did I not want to do? I wanted to perform. Oh, I, I didn't want to do... I didn't want to do rapper stuff, so to speak. I just wanted to put out my music, and I just wanted to perform. And not do any of the other side stuff. I was like, do I got to do this and that? He's like, yeah. I wish I could remember it now, because it's not coming to me. Um... Photo shoots. I hate photo shoots. <laughs> I made a comment on a of an old poster that he had uh, came across the feed not too long ago, and I said something about I was always terrible with photo shoots, and he was like, "I made you do that post." <laughs> I, I just don't got it like that, man. Like this is my default pose. Hit y'all with the eighties R and B group background dancer pose right there. <laughs> that's always been my thing so I, I don't know but in turn speaking of music I've removed all my music from everything no more Spotify no more iTunes no more Google Play Music well I haven't checked let me see I want to look at Google Play Music real quick Nothing like that, but I only have 16% battery, so I won't. I took it all off. Took it off my YouTube channel. I'm in the process of redoing the YouTube channel because I think what's going to end up happening... Actually... 
Most of that stuff might already be gone. Sorry. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to make it more of the hyphen podcast group channel. Uh, which obviously, if you've looked at my YouTube channel, hyphen universe on YouTube right now, um, has a lot of hyphen, has all 30, all 47 episodes of fire. I, I busted my tagline early. I'm sorry. Uh, well, 46 episodes of fire. We'll, we'll have 46, 46 isn't up yet. And then I took off all my music. Like the only thing on YouTube really should be a couple stray songs that I don't have direct uh, contact with, so to speak, uh, that I can't get taken down without going through a whole bunch of crap. And a live performance, probably a couple uh, live performances that my friend Kevin Latil uh, recorded the last few times that I did perform, which have been at E's 50th birthday party in 2016 and the Sound Vision reunion in 2014, I'm going to say. Maybe 13. But I, I took all my music down. There's only one place for you to find my music on the internet now. And that is b-bandcamp.com. I did that because... I'm to the point, not not where I want to hide my music, but if somebody finds the music, which if you go to victoryjumpoff.wordpress.com, there's a music link that you can click. It'll take you to the Bandcamp. I want everything to be contained right there. Bandcamp has an app, an app now that you can stream the music through. So if you do have the Bandcamp app, you can look up B hyphen on there and listen to all my music from volume one all the way up to soon you understand. I'm going to be adding on more stuff. But I, I really wanted to have true control over my music without... I don't want... I've never made any money off my music. I'd say in my career I've made $100 off of off of my music, whether that's through sales or performances or whatnot. Let's, let's say less than $500 just to be probably really encompass it. If someone finds my music in 2018, I want them to actually I want I want them to actually be there for a reason. And I want them to be able to get it for free. If they want to throw a couple dollars, they can. But I'm not going to pursue and people are, and I know you might be thinking, why would you take your music off Spotify? Why would you take music off iTunes, Amazon, Google Play Music? I, I just want the people to have it. I make my music for myself, and whenever I make my next project, whether that's this year or four years from now, God, I'll be rapping at 39. <laughs> I never thought I'd see today. I, I just want, I want, I want people to be able to have access to it and enjoy it for what it is. So as long as Bandcamp lets me ride out for free and have as much music on there as I want, which they always have then that's where my music will be. And I don't know. Uh, that, that just kind of segued from the whole being shy about my music thing. Funny story. I'd say it was about a year or so after Soon You Understand came out. I finally got the clean version together. 
because I thought I had a clean version and it was messed up. So I actually went back and redid it, got the clean version up, made a copy of it, like because uh, we had a, we have a CD player at Pineview, made a copy of it, took it to work, and played it because I played them a few songs. I, I played them like they had heard fit jamming and um, I think. Did I, I feel like I might have put No Room for Squares on something. But they, they were aware of my music. Mary White actually is one of my co-workers. I love her to death. She may be my biggest fan after Angel. And after myself. <laughs> she, to this day, listens to Spideyville Unlimited, my 2011 mixtape. And Volume 3, or I'm sorry, Volume 4. And soon you understand and just loves them. And... I absolutely adore her for that. Uh, so, or, where was I going with that? Oh, anyway. So the people I work with was aware I rap. So I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and throw in a clean version of CD. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. So it, it was rocking for a little bit. And it gets to uh, Legacy, which is in the middle of the album. And, a, uh, and someone walks in. It was a, a a member, a customer. And he walks up to the window, and he's doing it. He's doing his stuff, whatever. And then he hears he hears me rapping. He said, "What? What's that?" Or uh, he didn't say, "What's that?" But it was along the lines of hearing the rapping. He was an older guy. He's like, if that's what music's turned into, I don't know. he just made some snide remark about my music, about my music. Wasn't what was on the radio. It just so happened he shit all over my music, <laughs> all over my album. I heard it from my office. I wasn't doing anything, so I promptly stood up, walked out there, went to the CD player, took it out, and I threw the CD in the trash. This is why I am not a famous rapper. But bottom line, putting everything on Bandcamp lets me be in control of it. If you want the music, it's there. And I'll, I'll be uh, expanding that more in 2018. And then I, I, I kind of got that itch again to uh, record. So maybe your boy will have to make that happen. At some point. For the people. Because you got to give the people what they want. With all that said. I want to talk about. Some things that I'm trying to do. For the 99-2000. No I'm kidding. Uh, some, some things that. I want to accomplish personally. For 2018. As far as I go. I'm just like at the beginning of the podcast. I'm trying to eat healthier. Hot chocolate, though. I haven't been doing too bad, man. Like, uh, trying to eat smaller portions. I did, did have a little extra spaghetti last night, but damn, that spaghetti was good. Trying to eat more, um, more salads and things like that. Want to try to figure out some kind of exercise. That doesn't require me. My camera's falling. Some kind of exercise that doesn't require me to um, play, pay, play, pay, no, play, panic. <laughs> uh, some kind of exercise 
that doesn't require me to pay Planet Fitness a bunch of money. I did have a gym membership at a place called HealthWorks here in Morgantown, and that was cool, but it's really expensive, and it was... Last time I had it was right after Leah was born, and I just wasn't making it, man. Like, I was only going to play basketball, and that was sporadic at best. So I need to figure out some kind of exercise program for myself that I can do at home and do it regularly. So I'm in the process of planning that out. I'm not eating bacon. (laughs) Believe it or not, I know. The guy who made better with bacon isn't going to eat bacon. What? 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 Really? Yeah, I mean... I I mean, I'll have a piece every now and then, but bacon has been my life for years now. And that's a big reason that I'm the way I am. So I'm definitely trying to... Trying to... uh, not eat as much bacon. I have been doing a lot better on steak, actually, because I, I try to reserve steak for the occasional um, Philly cheesesteak sub or a steak hoagie. Um, but then if I'm going to sit down and have a steak, I know I'm dropping at least $25 on the steak alone. So with that said, I've been trying to... Um, uh, I have been coming back on steak... More water, because obviously I got a lot, a lot riding on me. So I'm, I'm trying to do better as far as that goes. But the bacon is going to be difficult. But so far, so good. I mean, I haven't, haven't made any huge, crazy commitments, but baby steps, so to speak. But I, I do want to be healthier by the time 2019 rolls around. That'd be really nice. Um. Is there anything else as far as me that I wanted to talk about? Even though I spend a lot of time talking about myself anyway on the Hyphen Podcast Group. Or in the Hyphen... <laughs> mm. On Hyphen Nation. The Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast. Chia. I think that's good. So now we got all my little issues out the way that I wanted to talk about. All my personal shit, so to speak. Got a couple regular topics for you. So, I mentioned a few episodes ago about a show I was watching on ABC called The Mayor. I saw the the trailer, so to speak, for it over the summer, I believe, last summer. Um, and the premise was this. Uh, Courtney, Courtney, uh, I want to say Courtney Vance, but that's not right. <laughs> There's a rapper named Courtney. He's from a, a, a California town. He's a rapper. I may have just said a rapper. Did I say a rapper? And the, the premise is he's trying to gain attention for his budding music career. So what he does is he joins the mayoral race in his hometown. And he's going against who else but David Spade's shady mayor character. He ends up winning. And then the premise is how is this, uh, mind you, This black kid um, from a middle class family raised by his mom going to cope with suddenly being the mayor all while trying to juggle this music career that he did this for. Well, the pilot was excellent. But then as the show went on, it became more centered around his mom, played by Yvette Nicole Brown, 
kudos to her. I'm a big fan of her. Always have been since Community, which I'm rewatching right now, by the way. Shout out to Handsome Bane, another Community friend, another uh, fan of Greendale, so to speak. And the sh the show centered on Courtney learning how to be the mayor. He brought in his two friends as his assistants. Leia Michelle was on the show as uh, the political advisor, so to speak. She's working for David Spade's character. His name was Mayor Gunt. And, well, he didn't become Mayor Gunt, but he was like someone that was always standing in the way of things Courtney was trying to get done. And, and also finally let me see Leia Michelle in a way that wasn't where um, Glee-ish, because she was always, I looked at her on Glee, and I always thought she had a great voice. And yes, I'm a Gleek. Uh, I think I made it through the first three seasons. I've never watched the whole thing. I did watch the series finale. Yes, I'm a Gleek. And on that show, though, I was always like, oh, I mean, she's cute. But, uh. but I mean, obviously, years have passed. She's grown as a woman. And shout out to you, Leia Michelle. And the show was really, really getting its footing as a thing. It was this kid put in this weird situation, trying to do the best he could as a mayor. And the music kind of fell away. There was still... Um, uh, subplots, there were still plots based on the fact that he was a rapper. Um, but it, it was a good show. Like, But I, I think I said, you heard it here first on Hyphenation, the Barack Obama approved World's Greatest Podcast. You heard it here first that I thought it would be canceled. Because here's the thing that I, I didn't realize, and Yvette actually tweeted this out a few times, that if you're, watch, if you're not watching it the same night it's on... It doesn't count towards the viewership. Excuse me. So I would always watch it on Hulu the next day. But that didn't count somehow. Unless I was a Nielsen family. And I'm not getting into Nielsen, Nielsen ratings or anything like that. But, well, I guess I will. The way I always understood Nielsen ratings, the Nielsen ratings was, it was based on how many people in a household watched a show. Each night, but then apparently there are certain select families. I don't know if it's something you apply for or just something that's at random that are called Nielsen households, and then that is what actually determines your your true Nielsen rating. So Yvette was just saying that uh, if you're watching it later on your DVR or whatever, it does not count. Or if you're watching it on Hulu or however you're watching it, it does not count towards the show's popularity, uh, towards its ratings. And I did say I thought it would be canceled just because it felt very niche. Is it niche or niche? It felt like a very niche show. I loved it. But I, I was more watching it because I wanted to see where it went and not because I was like, yo, this show's super dope. You know, like it was like I, I like the premise. I like the characters. It's half an hour. It's fun, but it wasn't must see TV to me. Shout out to NBC, and apparently ABC felt the same way because they canceled the mayor. They didn't just cancel it. They're not going to air the last four episodes, which is bullshit. Maybe they'll burn them off here sometime in the summer or or whatever. Um. Yvette believes this was done, well, not only because the ratings stunk, but 
it allowed the the actors themselves to start applying for new roles uh, before um, pilot season, which is starting to gear up in 2018. So that was something that she was happy about. Last I heard, they were trying to see if there would be um, a home for like another another place they could they could possibly get on, like the creators were. So the mayor might not be done, but it's probably done. Uh, it's a shame because it was a black show is the main thing, and that that should be the key reason I was watching it, and it probably was. So ignore everything I just said about why I was watching. I was watching this because it's a black show. You had black lead character. You had his two uh, his two best friends, his assistants who were black, and then Yvette Nicole Brown was black, and it centered on a lot of black. There was it was a very highly diverse cast, and then you had Leah Michelle and David Spade, and David Spade wasn't even in all the episodes. That's what bothers me. So if you put in white pe- put in white actors in those roles and do the mayor. Maybe change the premise a little bit so instead of being a rapper, he's just a I don't know. Let's just make let's say he's into uh, making beats like Becca was in Pitch Perfect. Um, and you you fill all those black roles with, with white people. Does that mean the show's still on? Probably so. Which is bullshit. Now, I only follow Yvette from the show. And she's the one that announced it. And I, I reposted her uh, her Instagram post about it. And I said, it was, this is bullshit. You can follow me at TheBehaven on Instagram. I just got my first post that had 50 plus likes, I think. I got to go back to see the post when, I, when Aaliyah was born. But I think it's my highest post ever. And of course, it's the what about Barack Obama, former sitting president, who follows me on Twitter in case you ain't heard. <laughs> but I, re- I reposted it. And I also started following Leah Michelle after I started watching the show. Because one, she's pretty. <laughs> so I follow her. And uh, her Instagram stories are actually kind of cool. She, like, does a lot of cooking in her spare time that apparently she has a lot of right now. But then uh, I started checking her Instagram because, aside from David Spade, who was a reoccurring character, she was the biggest star of the show. It pretty much went her, Yvette, and then the rest of the cast was was relatively unknown. I kept thinking I would see something, a tweet or a post on Instagram, just something about being sad the mayor was canceled and she never said a thing, which really bugged me. So maybe this role was just a paycheck to her. It seemed like she was having a lot of fun. She had a lot of funny moments on the show. But... It bothers me that she didn't say something. If it had been a white cast, would she have said something? I don't know. And then the icing on the cake to wrap this up was, I don't know what, 
I'm not going to look it up to see exactly who it was. But some publication came out and said um, online, uh, Leia Michelle's show, The Mayor, canceled. And Yvette called him out, of course. Leia Michelle wasn't every episode, but she was not the star. She did have a big role, and I get that she's the main name attached, and you're not going to be reporting about a David Spade show getting canned when he hadn't even been on all the episodes. But a Leia Michelle show was canceled. Not the... Not the... Um, I don't want to say black-owned. I don't think that's the right word. Um, African-American diverse casted mayor show the mayor canceled, maybe? I, I don't know. So here's hoping that maybe the mayor gets to at least burn off their last four episodes, either on ABC or at least on Hulu, maybe, because Hulu does have the show on there because of their various network contracts they have. Here's hoping that maybe it does get picked up and they get to do more. Maybe, maybe they can find their footing somewhere else, but I highly doubt it. But most of all, here's hoping that they all uh, land on their feet and find better, bigger and better things, and which are better than what the mayor possibly could have been. So... Next topic. Mm, 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 mm. John Gruden's coming back to Oakland to the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. We got Chucky back. We got Chucky back. Yes. John Gruden is the coach of the Oakland Raiders. Again. Finally. Finally. John Gruden has come back. Home. The Raiders were trash this season. My dad said to me after week three or four, I don't think the team will be as good as they were last year. And he was right. Offensive coordinator was trash. Ken Norton Jr.'s defense was trash. Our secondary was trash. Khalil Mack is fantastic. Derek regressed. Derek Carr regressed. He had a great MVP caliber season in 2016 until he broke his leg. He looked good in the first couple games, but then he went on down to Washington, and the Raiders promptly got skunked out by, and yes, Marcus will agree, a below, let's know, an average Washington team at that time. They were average at that point. As injuries piled up and their offensive line really fell down and Kirk regressed as well, Kirk Cousins, uh, they became below average. But things just fell apart. They had their moments like when they beat the Chiefs in Oakland on was that, uh, that was a Thursday night game. They showed flashes, but... The pieces that were there in 2016 just did not work. And I still stand by the fact that if Derek doesn't get hurt in 2016 and we face the Patriots in the playoffs, we would have beaten the Patriots. We found a way to win almost every single week in 2016. We found a way to lose almost every single week in 2017. Still had seven wins, though. 
which isn't bad. I think we finished seven and nine, six and ten and seven and nine. But it's not playoffs, which is where we were the year before. So Jack Del Rio got canned. And I started hearing whispers that John Gruden might come back. And I didn't believe it. Gruden had been out the game. The Buccaneers fired him years ago. He'd been on ESPN for ages now. I didn't think he was going to come back. But Mark Davis, son of Al Davis, broke out the checkbook. Paid your dude, John Gruden, $100 million with incentives as well as I, I don't think, I don't know, I haven't seen this confirmed, but the report, early reports were before he signed that Gruden would be able to move into an ownership position of the team either at a certain point of his contract or maybe he already has it. A 10-year deal. There were smiles and tears shared. My friend Stacy, who's also a Raiders fan, was crying during a press conference. Alumni came out. Woodson, Tim Brown, Jerry Rice, old Raiders greats, all were there. Gruden looks happy as fuck. (laughs) Mark Davis looked happy as fuck. And right now, I am happy as fuck. I like Jack Del Rio, and Jack did a lot in his two seasons. He cared about the team. He wasn't just someone accepting a head coaching position, and that's rare in an NFL. He genuinely loved the Raiders, and you could tell. And you could tell it worked. It it rubbed off, or three seasons. I think he had three seasons because I think he was there 15, 16 was a playoff year, and then 17 was a down year. It could have been two seasons. Don't quote me, bro. Don't quote me, bro. Del Rio apparently had lost the team or wasn't driving the team enough. Derek had various injuries throughout the year. He missed a few games, and I don't think he ever fully recovered from those injuries. Yet he played his ass off. He played his heart out. I don't feel like Derek took any days off, despite what the Oakland Raiders uh, subreddit might think, or just our fan base in general. I think this is a great thing. Gruden coached the Raiders from 1998 until 2002 when he was traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for cash by Al Davis. And no, it was a real trade. We traded our coach, a coach who had just taken us to the AFC divisional game and lost on a fluke rule. That was a fumble, Brady. In 2001, we traded him away to the Buccaneers. We continued to win with Bill Callahan in 2002. Gruden got signed by the Bucs. He he got hired by the Bucs. The Bucs had been slowly getting better. He put them over the hump. We faced the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl when it was game, set, match. They destroyed us because Gruden built that team. Tampa Bay was also in the running, but apparently John wanted to come home. 
Welcome home, baby! <laughs> so this is only going to go two ways. Either John Gruden is going to be the Raiders coach for the next 10 years to greater to great success, which is what I have my fingers crossed for. Please, 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 January 22nd, my birthday will make it 34 years since the Raiders won a Super Bowl. It'll be 15 years. I don't know. I don't know when the when the Raiders and the Buccaneers what day they played on played in 2003, but this year marks 15 years since the Raiders' last Super Bowl appearance. When their now head coach John Gruden scrubbed the motherfucking ground with them four quarters in the Super Bowl, and I, I don't quote me, but I think that was the last Super Bowl blowout, wasn't it? Because. 04 was Philly, Philly, New England. That was never in doubt. 05 was, or I'm sorry, 03 was Philly. Damn, I can't remember my Super Bowl winners. The Ravens won it in 2000. 01 was the Rams. No, 01 was the 01 was the um, Patriots. 02 was the Buccaneers. 2003. Who won the Super Bowl in 2003? I'm going to say it was the Patriots. In 2004, it was the Patriots again when they beat the Panthers. 2005 was the Seahawks losing to Steelers. 2006 was... was Manning and the Colts. Beating the Bears when Prince gave the best Super Bowl halftime performance of all time. R.I.P. Prince always. 2007 was the helmet catch when the Giants beat the Patriots. 2008 was when Breeze... No, 2008 was when the Steelers beat the Cardinals. 2009 was... When the Saints beat the Colts, 2010 was when the Packers beat the Steelers, 11 was when the Giants beat the Patriots, yes, I'm really doing this, 12 was when the Ravens beat the 49ers, 13 was, um, 13 was Seahawks over Broncos, 14 was Patriots over Seahawks. 15 was... 1 in 15. Because the Patriots won it last year. Oh, 15 was Broncos over Panthers. 16 was Patriots over Falcons. Don't at me, bro! Woo! I just hope it leads to more success for the Raiders. Onward and upward. And I, I could live with several playoff appearances, and hopefully a Super Bowl win somewhere in there. My fear, as a cautiously optimistic Raiders fan, is that Mark Davis gives this two to four seasons 
especially after we're in Las Vegas. Uh, we maybe make the playoffs once, things don't go right, injuries, and then he shit cans Chucky. And then we're back to score one again. I hope he's I hope he's really committed to the excellence of John Gruden, though, man. Getting a stable head coach in there finally for the first time since Gruden left. Because I, I believe Gruden was the last was the longest reigning Raiders coach up until is the last coach who was more was there more than three seasons. I think. Tom Cable had two years. Hugh Jackson had one. We had a lot of bums in there. Kiffin had one and a half. Dennis Allen had a year and a half. Fucking Dennis Allen. Commitment to excellence, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go, Chucky. Raiders. I'm excited. My last topic is one I just thought of on the way back from dropping Aaliyah off this morning. I was listening to The Masked Man Show. That's a recommendation today. Uh, The Masked Man Show is by David Shoemaker and his (laughs) co-host. Yes, I will Google that. Um, I first got familiar with uh, The Masked Man, David Shoemaker from Grantland. God, I miss Grantland. He used to write some great uh, WWE pieces um, for Grantland. And then he moved on to Cheap Heat with Peter Rosenberg. And I enjoyed that show on Grantland as well. But then, of course, we all know what happened. Bill got Bill uh, got suspended. And then he said they're not going to re-sign him. Then he had a no-compete clause. Uh, Shoemaker, Grantland... Rosenberg continued for a while until um, until Grantland got its doors closed. And then Rosenberg remained an ESPN employee where he still does the Cheap Heat podcast, but I have not listened to it since... Uh, I have not listened to it since uh, Shoemaker left. The Ringer started Simmons' uh, new... Um, New Grantland, so to speak. Uh, and on the podcast network, Masked Man returned to uh, the show, to podcasting, and his show is called The Masked Man Show. I was listening to their Wrestle Kingdom 12 episode. David Schilling, that's, that's his co-host. Listening to... The Wrestle Kingdom episode, and they're talking about Daniel Bryan and what is going to happen at WrestleMania 34, right? 14 was 30, 15 was 31, 16 is 32, 7. Yeah, WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans. They're talking about what they're doing with this Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan thing that they're kind of building to. And of course, they're talking about how Daniel Bryan is not cleared to wrestle. Way, 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 way back in an episode called The Case of the Stale Cherry Pop-Tarts and Fudge Rounds, I talked about Daniel Bryan retiring from the ring and how emotional I was during that time and when I watched the episode of Raw. 
Of course, Daniel Bryan cannot wrestle in WWE or anywhere, you think, because of his various concussions and the possibility that he could hurt himself so bad that it will ruin his quality of life for the rest of his days. So that's why he retired. He stepped out of the spotlight. Him and uh, Brie Bella had their child, Birdie. But it wasn't that long after the new brand split when SmackDown Live started that Shane McMahon brought in Daniel Bryan to be his general manager. And it's been a fun, fun ride. But all signs right now point to two things. The first thing is there will be some kind of match at WrestleMania where a stipulation involving Daniel Bryan, Bryan, Bryan's team or competitor winning this match will have an outcome on either his job or however they plan on doing it. That's how I think it's going to go. Because right now the current thing is Shane McMahon doesn't like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Um, and he's been trying to get rid of them. And Daniel Bryan has stepped in and protected their jobs. And so they're kind of going back and forth on that. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have a handicap match with the phenomenal one, AJ Styles, at the Royal Rumble for the WWE Championship. Which is awesome. Looking forward to that match. But all they've been doing lately is spinning their wheels between Owens, Zayn, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Randy Orton having multiple matches against each other. And so to speak, Randy and Shinsuke are McMahon's side and and Owens and Zayn are on another side is, is the way that they've been telling this story. The other way it could go is if, and I think I mentioned this on the show, if the rumor was actually true that Daniel Bryan is truly cleared to wrestle again. That WWE is building towards a Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan match at WrestleMania, which will be awesome. Granted, <coughs> excuse me, I can't see what benefit it has if. If Shane is taking a third straight loss to WrestleMania, not that he is a regular wrestler where you have to, I don't know, have him win from time to time, but he lost to Undertaker the year he came back. He lost to AJ last year, and he could possibly be losing to Daniel Bryan this year because, or I mean, you could put Shane over. But they, they were talking... David Shoemaker and uh, your boy. <laughs> what is your name? Oh, this iPhone. Come on, iPhone. David Shoemaker and David Schilling. The Davids were talking on the Masked Man show, on the Ringer. <laughs> About how he's been medically cleared by other doctors, but not the WWE doctor. Yeah, and I think it's the same doctor who Punk is in a lawsuit with over that whole staff infection thing and the way that he left the company in 2014. Yeah, 
<laughs> here's the thing. All right. So here, here is my thought. I believe it was true that Daniel had wrecked himself so bad that he truly was told by doctors that he could, he should not wrestle anymore. And he took their advice, especially with his first child coming. With the lovely Brie Bella, who I've always loved more than Nikki. But I have grown on Nikki as an in-ring performer. Here's what I think. Daniel took time off. Started started changing things because we know already know he, he had a, he was a vegan at one point. He's always been a pretty healthy guy. Just because you have a head injury doesn't mean you can't still stay in shape. So I'm sure he still works out, still hits hits the weights. I have not taken the time to go find a Daniel Bryan podcast so that I can hear what he's doing now, so to speak, on the show or not on the show to kind of kind of stay in shape. He's traveling all the time, and there's been, uh, with SmackDown, obviously, but there's also been, that really has nothing to do with my point, I don't know why I say he's traveling all the time, he's also been rumored to have been cleared by doctors to wrestle outside of WWE for some time now. I'd say it's been at least a year and a half or so I've been hearing this. Daniel has made comments himself that he will wrestle again someday. Just not in the WWE. That could be a shoot. Which would lead to the WrestleMania match. But here's my conspiracy theory. After WWE creative listened in 2014 and did not go ahead with the Orton versus Batista match by itself at WrestleMania 30, after they started the whole Yes movement and Occupy Raw and the angle with Triple H and Brian and Brian having to beat Triple H to get into the championship match at WrestleMania the same night, which was awesome. After that, as we all saw, they did not know where to go from there. They had reached the mountaintop. Daniel Bryan was your WWE champion. But they had nothing for him. So they put him in a shitty feud with Kane, which culminated in Extreme Rules with that diving headbutt off of the um, piece of farm equipment. <laughs> I'm from West Virginia. I can't think of what it's called. Forklift. There we go. Off the forklift. And then after that was uh, when he they kept saying they started keeping off TV. And then, of course, a month or so later, he ended up dropping the belt. Uh, then he came back in 2015. He was in the Rumble. He challenged... Roman for his spot in the main event against Brock Lesnar and lost. Went on to win the IC title um, at WrestleMania San Francisco, WrestleMania Play, or 31, which is also a good show. I keep flashing back to him headbutting Dolph Ziggler on the top of that ladder for the IC title, but he won it and then promptly had to drop it 
a few months later, and then we never saw him wrestle again in the WWE so far. I think he has been medically cleared by several doctors at this point. Of course, they're probably like, you've got to protect your head. You have got to protect your skull. You have to. I get that. I think WWE, and he's still under contract with WWE, WWE as well. And that's good money, especially now that he's back on the show as the GM and has been for some time. Good money for him and Bree and Birdie. I think that Vince, this feels very Vincey. It doesn't feel like feel like a B-plus player move in real life by Triple H or Stephanie. I feel like Vince is bitter. I feel like Colin Coward right now. Uh, my hot take. I feel like Vince is bitter over the way that Daniel was able to get so over that he changed Vince's plans for WrestleMania 30. I think Vince has never gotten over that. He didn't like it. And the injuries just became a godsend for Vince. I think that Vince has told WWE doctors, the ones who literally have to clear someone to wrestle, do not, under any circumstance, do not, under any circumstance, clear Brian Danielson to wrestle in a WWE ring again. Vince wants to ride out his contract, and I don't know what kind of deal Brian brokered for himself, but he had to have done it when he was I when he was on that ride, the WrestleMania 30. Because here we are four years later, and he's he's still signed WWE and still getting them checks, as Jalen Rose says. He, he does not want Daniel Bryan in his ring. Even if it is the best thing for business, he wants to keep one of the hottest performers in the last 10 years out of his ring because he's bitter and because he was able to convince fans so much and make fans believe in him so much that they had to physically change the programming for WrestleMania 30. He's so bitter that he does not want Brian Danielson wrestling in his ring again. I was at the Royal Rumble in Pittsburgh in 2014. I watched the Bray Wyatt-Daniel Bryan match. It was good. It was damn good. I was watching Orton Cena that night. The crowd was hot. No one was into the match. You can go on the WWE Network right now and rewatch that match. Nobody was into it. Cena looked outright befuddled. Randy was laughing his ass off because that's what Randy does. Randy's a G. He don't give a fuck. They called the Audible to have the Wyatt family interfere in that match. There's... You you can you see it on the video, but being there live 
And seeing how that match was going, which was Cena Orton part 58, seeing how that match was going, and then seeing the Wyatts appear suddenly, they had to call. They had, they had to do that. The crowd was so not into the match. They had to jumpstart. Hell, I don't even know if that was John Cena's plan going to WrestleMania. I don't think that was the plan for him to wrestle Bray Wyatt yet. Bray Wyatt's career could be completely different if he hadn't had to wrestle John Cena in 2014. But I think that they had to pull the audible. Call the audible, bring him in, and, and get this match over with. Have Orton retain. Because it wasn't working. When Daniel Bryan was not in the Rumble, the most over wrestler in the company at that time, when they did not bring him out, we booed Rey Mysterio out of the motherfucking building. We were not happy. This would not stand, is what we said. When it came down to Roman a year before his push, well, a few months from his, his, his singles push, really. The Shield was still together at this point. When it came down to Roman and Batista, we were so hot for Batista to lose. We did not want the new, the, the, the former champion, the part-timer to win the Rumble. We did not want this. Not at all. Even though we probably will get that this year if John Cena wins it, which is what there is what Shoemaker predicted on the most recent episode of the Masked Man Show. <sighs> that night, Roman became a star. From that night, WWE did everything in their power to tear him down from that position, despite what they looked like they wanted to do. Roman should have won the Royal Rumble that night. They should have audibled that too. They could have fixed it later. But Batista goes over. Nobody left that arena happy. No one. While we saw some phenomenal wrestling, and I did witness CM Punk's last match in the WWE live. It's poetic, right? So poetic as I wear my CM Punk shirt. You just felt like something was weird. WWE recognized the problem and they had to fix it. Vince has never let go what happened there. And has always blamed Daniel Bryan for it. Him and Daniel Bryan have made a lot of money together. I'm sure as a person and for what he's done in the past, Vince is very happy with Daniel Bryan. But he does not want to put this unpredictable supernova in his ring Again, that is why you'll never see Daniel Bryan actually wrestle in WWE ring again. And also why I believe as soon as his contract is up and it, barring the idea that he doesn't have a no compete cause, that he will be wrestling in another company as soon as possible. So I think they're just holding down, man. Mm. Just my thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. So, if you like 
the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast. Make sure you go on iTunes, rate the show, hit it with that five stars, review the show, subscribe to the show, and you'll never miss an episode. As soon as I get the show up, whether it's an actual Friday or it's a few days after, you'll get it directly to whatever device you use to listen to iTunes, whether that be your iPhone or your iPad or on your Mac or on your PC, like me, if you're a PC guy with an airplane PC. Also, share the iTunes link as much as you can. The more you share it, mostly the more you rate and subscribe, the more you rate and review, the more exposure the show gets. And y'all know I'm trying to get Morgantown Magazine to do a Best Podcast Award and give me that shit, because it's two years overdue at this point. So make sure that you're doing that. For my Android people, Google Play Music, Go to the podcast section, hyphenation. It updates quicker than iTunes, so you'll get the episode a little bit sooner than the iTunes people. There's also a lot of great apps on Android for podcast, and hyphenation is available on those as well. So make sure that you're checking that out. You can find all the episodes on my YouTube channel. I neglected to say that last time. It's B hyphen, or it's youtube.com slash B hyphen or hyphen universe. Once February rolls around and I can change my name again, it'll go back to Kellen Conley. But you can find all of Hyphenation on there. It's got a little Hyphenation playlist and everything, as well as all the great podcasts from the Hyphen Podcast group. You can go on Stitcher. Hyphenation is on Stitcher. Tune in app. You can listen to it there. And you can also listen to it on Pocket Cast. If you're into, um, oh, what was I about to say? I just lost my train of thought that quickly. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of ways to listen to podcasts. Go to Google, type in hyphenation. We're on the second page. Type in hyphenation podcast, and you got us. Got us right there. You can you can do it right there. It's incredible. All the latest episodes of hyphenation is available on the hyphen podcast group, hyphenpodcastgroup.wordpress.com, and of course on my website, Victory Jump Off. VictoryJumpOff.wordpress.com, and you can find all 47 episodes on there as well, as well as some duplicates because I got some cleaning up to do, as usual because I can't leave my website alone. Um, and you can find Hyphenation pretty much anywhere podcast or sold. Most importantly, though, if you type in feed stat feed burner dot com slash hyphenation 2016 into your favorite that's an rss feed if you put that into your favorite podcast listening device you can get all 47 episodes of fire yeah just like that if you want to reach the show at b hyphen on twitter b-h-y-p-h-e-n Hyphen Universe on Facebook. You can you can comment. You can DM me. You can DM me on Instagram, DB Hyphen, or comment on uh, one of the posts. That's fine too. Uh, leave a comment on a YouTube video, or you can just do it the old-fashioned way and put in b hyphen at gmail.com. Send me an email. That could be fun. If I get hey, if I do get to episode sixty, we're going to do we're going to do a questions episode again. So. Start thinking about questions. No, no, Eric, the Clippers aren't for real. But with all that said, 
Call your loved ones. Tell them they mean something to you. When you see your loved ones, give them a hug, give them a kiss with consent. <sighs> Shake your friend's hand like you mean it. Actually, I, I went to Sheets this morning to get this hot chocolate. And somebody walked in, was looking at me crazy. I was like, uh-oh, who's this dude? And he got closer, I started recognizing him. He's like, do you remember me from the shoe department? I was like, yo, I totally do. Me and this guy worked at the shoe department like my, within my first year and a half there. And he was only there a few months. I did three and a half years there. He was only there for a month or so. Larry, his name's Larry. I remember his name's Larry. He came up to me and he's like, hey, you still do music? I was like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, I was like, what are you doing now? He's like, man, I just finished up getting my my uh, degree in political science and I'm going to be doing this with the NSA and I'm going to be moving to Washington and trying to join a think tank because someone has to save this country. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Larry. Good for you, man. And it, 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 it just, out of the blue, man, we spent less than two months together and he remembered me. You know, it was really cool. I mean, we only talked for a second, but I took a second and I shook his hand. I was like, he's got, like, I go. And I took his hand. I was like, all right, man, you take care. He's like, you take care too. And maybe that moment he didn't remember my name. I definitely didn't remember his, but I do now. What up, Larry? Uh, but it, it was, it was a cool moment, man. So he put positivity out in the world by taking the time to acknowledge me. He didn't have to, even if he did think he, he recognized me. And I put positivity back by being so receptive, giving myself a pat on the back. So put more positivity in the world than you're putting negativity. Write your friend a letter. Send him an email. Send him a DM. Send him a funny picture, man. Make sure you let people know how much they mean to you. Good or bad. Cut that negativity out of your life if you must. It's 60 degrees in Morgantown today. I ain't mad at that. It's going to be 60 tomorrow, too. I ain't mad at that either. I got to get to work. Got to be there in less than an hour. As always, thank you to everybody who listens to the show. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend that it's them again. Nature, Noriega, Wild Gremlins. And when I say that, that means tell a friend about hyphenation, about the Barack Obama-approved world's greatest podcast, man. Tell them how much fun we're having. We're going to keep on doing it. 2018. Cheer. Without further ado, though. Thanks, y'all.